Today is Trinity Sunday, allowing us to move from the momentous event of the outpouring of God's Holy Spirit at Pentecost into a deeper apprehension of the nature of God. This is a very natural progression because it's the realisation that the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus, is God himself, that led the early Christians to have almost no choice but to understand the one God that we worship as being triune or a trinity of persons, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, as we heard, for example, in our Matthew reading. But rather than try to crack our brains over that today, our readings very much draw us into the heart and nature of God and God as we can experience him as we enter into this divine life. This is the great privilege of all the saints, including you and me, and it's my joy and delight to explore it with you today. Whilst God is consistent in his character throughout the Bible, there is an increasing unfolding or deepening revelation as to just who our God is. Our Isaiah reading begins the amazing prophetic purple passages of Isaiah 40 to 66. Isaiah tells us that God has not abandoned and disregarded the cause of his people, but he looks forward to a time when God's people's sins will be forgiven and specifically laid upon his suffering servant in Isaiah 53 to bring us healing and reconciliation with God. And also when God will come down and visit and comfort his people, draw them close to himself and strengthen them and pour out blessings that will even touch the natural world. The astonishing discovery of the New Testament is that God comes down not just once, but twice. First, he comes down as his son Jesus, who was, as one of us, strengthened to run and not grow weary, to defeat sin and death upon the cross on our behalf, and to rise up on wings like an eagle in his resurrection and then ascension to the Father's side. But just before he dies, we find him explaining to his disciples that he was about to go away, so he could not comfort or strengthen them any more. They were desperately upset, but he said it was for their good that he goes away, and he would not leave them abandoned as orphans, but instead he would ask the Father who would send another comforter, who wouldn't only be with them temporarily for a few years like Jesus, but would be with them forever and even live inside them. In John 14 we read this. And that was what happened at Pentecost. The fire of God's Spirit descended upon them, they became the new temples of God and priests of their own temples. So now we can enter the most holy place if we have received the Holy Spirit. We can go into the Holy of Holies, not so much in heaven, but in our own hearts. Yes, we may continue to face all kinds of physical, emotional and mental weaknesses, but as we learn to wait on him, as Isaiah tells us, we will find that the Holy Spirit in our inner temple gives us supernatural strength. If we need comfort, he'll give us comfort. If we need someone to come alongside us, he will be there. If we need an advocate as we pray and struggle with situations, he will help fight for us and with us. And perhaps most wonderfully, as we spend time waiting on God, as Isaiah puts it, in the secret place, as priests of our own inner temple, that holy place is within us. At times, he will catch us up on wings like eagles, spiritually soaring with the joy and strength of the Lord. And we will find that our fellowship too is with the whole of the Trinity, 
Also with Jesus, our Saviour, our brother, our healer, the one who ever lives to intercede for us in the most holy place. And also with God our Father, whom Jesus amazingly tells us not only loves us, but when we love and obey Jesus, the Father himself will also come with Jesus and they will make their home with us, dwelling within us. And in that holy place, the Holy Spirit will often help us to truly worship, convict us and draw us to repentance, speak God's word to us. And even though we don't know what to pray, he will pray through us in our weakness and sometimes stir us to speak out and declare his word as a sword of the Spirit against the enemy. All this can happen with us as we fellowship with the Trinity in the Holy of Holies. And what effect will that have on us? It will increase our humility, draw out our worship, and gradually transform us to become more like Jesus from one degree of glory to another. Perhaps the person I know who has most travelled this journey is Suzette Hetting, whose Love Papua Centre in West Papua in Indonesia I visited in 2015, bringing back the inspiration for our Waking the Dawn prayer on Saturday mornings at the Good Shepherd that continues to this day. And a year ago, she not only entered the Holy of Holies in her daily prayer times, but nearly entered heaven itself. Having collapsed in her home in the Love Papua Centre in Manukwari, she was flown back to Germany. She was weak and near death for over a month fighting three unknown viruses in her body that weakened her heart, as well as the effects of wrong thyroid medication that they didn't realise. Until one day after taking Holy Communion at 7am, she fell asleep and found herself leaving her body and going through beautiful clear waters to the pearly gates of heaven itself, more than ready to go to be with her Lord. But heaven decided it was time for her to go back, and she was back in her body. After recovery, a year later, she's full of energy and strength and a new calmness from the Lord, not fearing Covid or anything else, but continuing with her calling to intercede, teach and preach and reach the nations for Jesus. She doesn't like to mention all this, because the more she spends time in God's presence, the greater her sense of humility. She's discovered the truth that God not only dwells in a high and holy place, but also, as Isaiah tells us, with the humble and contrite in heart. And so in her mid-sixties, her passion is undimmed, her youth and vigour has been renewed like the eagles. On her live teaching last Tuesday, she looks like 40 years old. But we mustn't stop there. The reason someone like Suzette Hetting spends so much time of prayer in the holy place is to have the maximum impact on the world, to see all nations discipled, and in particularly preparing the church, in Indonesia in her case, to evangelise into remote areas that have hardly heard the gospel, as she's done for many years herself. That may seem far away from us in more ways than one, but our calling is the same, to fellowship, pray, worship and warfare in fellowship with God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit in the heavenly places, and then to go out and love and share the overflow in word and deed to our neighbours and those we are sent to until we can help lead them to believe and be baptised in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and to learn and obey everything Jesus has commanded us and them. As we do so, we will even more find that God is with us 
The Holy Spirit gives us words to speak. Jesus, the healer and saviour, is there to touch others' lives through our hands as we pray with them. And the Father is eager to welcome them too, to become his special children, adopted into his family and to dwell with them forever. So let us pray. Father God, thank you for the revealing, revealing yourself not only through Jesus' coming to this earth, but through sending your Spirit to begin to be poured out on all flesh from the first day of Pentecost when the Church was born until now. We thank you that if we invite Jesus in, we discover the joy and privilege of becoming temples of the Holy Spirit ourselves. Thank you that we can fellowship with the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit as the priests of our own inner temple. Forgive us, Lord, for taking this for granted and ignoring it, and help us to visit this secret place regularly. Fill us with your Spirit to rise up on wings like eagles and find the joy of repentance, worship, prayer and warfare in your presence and empower us to reach those around us with the liberating good news of Jesus. Amen.